You're listening to Comedy Central. June is Pride Month. It's the month where we take a moment to celebrate how far LGBTQIA rights have come while still acknowledging all the work that still needs to be done. It's also the month where J.K. Rowling tries to do what Voldemort couldn't and destroy Harry Potter. But this year, Pride Month had been made worse by the Trump administration. They killed a rule that blocks doctors from refusing to treat transgender people. And on Saturday, they announced a new proposal allowing single-sex homeless shelters to turn away transgender people who are, quote, not rarely the right gender. And you know, it's amazing that even during a pandemic and national protests, Trump has still found a way to say, screw you to the LGBTQ community. It's almost like if Hannibal Lecter was on his way to kill someone and then took a quick detour to burn down a community garden. How much hate does one person need? So this Pride Month wasn't looking great. But then this happened. A major civil rights decision out of the United States Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has ruled that LGBT Americans are protected by the anti-discrimination laws of this country at their workplaces. They cannot be fired or otherwise discriminated against at work simply because they are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. It was written uh, by Justice Neil Gorsuch and joined by Chief Justice John Roberts. Gorsuch appointed by President Trump Chief Justice John Roberts, the leader of the conservative wing of the court, it is a six to three opinion, which in ringing terms holds that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 encompasses lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in this country, protecting them from discrimination by their employers. Yes, gay people across America just got a huge win and Mike Pence just got a huge aneurysm. The Supreme Court has ruled that people cannot be discriminated against at work simply because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And the reason is because they are protected by the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And you gotta admit, that is one badass law to still be helping more groups get equal rights. I mean, we have to buy a new iPhone every two years, but somehow this act is rolling out new features 56 years later. And obviously this should all be basic decency, right? Nobody should be fired just for being gay. I mean, the only reason you should be fired is if you're doing your job poorly, or if you're doing your job so well that you make the rest of us look bad. I mean, then you also need to go. Now, the Supreme Court ruling isn't the only good news for human rights that is coming out right now. Because over the weekend, Black Lives Matter rallies continued spreading around the globe. Black Lives Matter and anti-racism protests continue around the world. Thousands in Europe, Asia, and the South Pacific continued marching to call for equality. Black Lives Matter still reverberating around the world. Massive protests in Japan, New Zealand, South Korea. This is the US embassy there. Thousands of people have formed a human chain in Berlin to unite against racism and discrimination. Participants were asked to wear masks and to keep socially distanced from one another, and they were linked by colorful ribbons, forming what organizers called a ribbon of solidarity. <laughs> Protesters chanting Black Trans Lives Matter outside the Brooklyn Museum. A number of groups took part in yesterday's demonstration with transgender activists leading a march. Nearly 30,000 people all dressed in white in honor of black trans lives that represented unity in the fight for equality, for justice, for two deeply marginalized groups in New York City. Yes, from Brooklyn to Europe and all the way to New Zealand, 
thousands of people from all walks of life are still assembling in the streets to say that black lives matter. And it really is a powerful thing to see. I mean, the last thing this many people agreed on was that Carol Baskin probably killed her husband. I mean, they're even coming out in Japan. They don't even have black people in Japan. Japan is basically saying, when we finally see a black person, we will welcome them with open arms. While Trump is having a temper tantrum about the Supreme Court, his real fury has been reserved for former national security advisor and full-time got milk ad, John Bolton. Because as you've probably heard by now, Bolton is about to release a tell-all book, spilling all the tea from his time in the White House. And even though the book hasn't come out yet, it's already a riveting read. Bolton confirms President Trump explicitly linked military aid to Ukraine to investigations of former Vice President Joe Biden, the central claim that led to the president being impeached. Bolton alleges President Trump expressed a willingness to halt criminal investigations, to in effect give personal favors to dictators he liked, citing cases involving China and Turkey. At one point, telling the Turkish president he would replace Southern District of New York prosecutors to make an investigation into a Turkish firm go away. Foremost on Trump's mind at all times was re-election. One example, says Bolton, the president asking China's President Xi to buy soybeans and wheat to help win the support of farmers, quote, pleading with Xi to ensure he'd win. Man, that is wild. According to Bolton, Trump's shady dealings with other countries went far beyond Ukraine. He was promising to personally kill any investigations into Turkish companies, and he was begging China to help him win re-election. And you know, that's not just corrupt, it's also really embarrassing. Because Bolton's book makes Trump sound less like a president and more like a crackhead who's out of cash. Come on, Xi, just help me get one more term. Just give me one more term and I'll suck your... Did I tell you about my electoral college victory? So strong. Now remember, John Bolton is not some lefty hero of the resistance, no. He's a Republican through and through. He worked with George W. Bush and his father and Ronald Reagan. He also ran a major GOP super PAC and he was a paid commentator on Fox News. So he's as Republican as an assault rifle giving a lecture on trickle-down economics. So Bolton revealing these things about Trump should at least spark some concern because not only does he accuse Trump of abusing the presidency to keep himself in power, but it turns out Trump might be even more ignorant than we thought. Bolton paints a picture of a highly uninformed and impulsive president. In excerpts of his book, The Room Where It Happened, Bolton says President Trump did not know Britain was a nuclear power and asked if Finland was part of Russia. Sweet Lord, how do you become the president of the United States without knowing if Finland is its own country? I mean, I, I don't expect much from Trump, but if he doesn't even know about the white countries, then what chance does Papua New Guinea have? So, it's not a surprise that there's a lot of stuff that Trump doesn't know. But don't let that fool you into thinking that he doesn't know what he's doing. Because in the book, Bolton also reveals how one shocking moment from Trump's presidency was actually a carefully thought out plan. In November of 2018, Trump came under fire for writing an unfettered defense of the Saudi crown prince, littered with exclamation points over the killing of the post-columnist Jamal Khashoggi. But according to Bolton's book, the main goal of the missive was to take away attention from a story about Ivanka Trump, 
using her personal email for government business. And here's the quote. This will divert from Ivanka, Trump said, according to the book. If I read the statement in person, that will take over the Ivanka thing. That's right. Bolton says that Trump chose to personally defend Saudi Arabia's dictator over the murder of a journalist just to take attention away from Ivanka using a private email account for government business. And I'm sorry, but that's like lighting yourself on fire to distract from the fact that you farted. I mean, I get why Trump wanted to distract from Ivanka using a private email, AKA pulling a Hillary Clinton. But if you just wanna distract the media, there are way less horrifying ways to do it. You know, like maybe, maybe streak across the White House lawn or eat a vegetable for the first time. Breaking news, the president has ingested a piece of broccoli. We'll bring you around the clock coverage as we wait to see how his body reacts. And I don't know about you, but I'll never be able to trust another Trump scandal again. Like, does he actually think Mexicans are rapists? Or was he just trying to distract from the mustard on his shirt? So I don't know. Selling out your credibility and abandoning America's ideals just to get your daughter out of a jam that seems pretty awful to me. But on the other hand, I don't remember shit about Ivanka's email scandal. So, hey, I guess it worked. So, just from the excerpts that we've seen, John Bolton's book has painted Trump as corrupt, dumb, and amoral. But my favorite thing that has come out of this book so far also showed us that Trump is like really weird. As the Washington Post reported today, quote, in the months following the summit, Bolton described Trump's inordinate interest in Secretary of State Mike Pompeo delivering a Trump autographed copy of Elton John's Rocket Man on CD to Kim during Pompeo's follow-on visit to North Korea. Trump had used the term little rocket man to criticize the North Korean leader, but subsequently tried to convince Kim that it was a term of affection. Getting this CD to Kim remained a high priority for several months. Yep, you heard that right. The president of the United States, obsessed with getting a CD to Kim Jong-un, like some teenager giving a mixtape to his crush. You gotta listen to track five. It reminds me of the time when you said you were gonna lose your nuclear weapons, but then you didn't. So tricky. You know, this might actually explain why nuclear negotiations between America and North Korea broke down. Because can you imagine being Kim Jong-un and then getting a signed CD from Elton John, but it's signed by Donald Trump? I mean, like, that's like getting an autographed Michael Jordan jersey, but it's signed by Donald Trump. There's no way to make it more of a joke. This is the joke. He's rude joke. It's also weird that Trump thinks Kim Jong-un listens to CDs. Dude, he's the president of North Korea. The man listens to cassettes. So these are just some of the crazy details that have come out of this book. And it turns out there are many other things as well, like Trump encouraging China to put their Muslim population in a detainment camp, or saying that journalists deserve to be executed, or even that invading Venezuela would be, quote, cool. Yeah, it doesn't end. Now, Trump's response to all of these revelations has been pretty predictable. He claims that Bolton is lying and that he's just a disgruntled, boring fool which is basically what he says about any former employees who criticized him. He's also suing Bolton to try and prevent the book from being released because clearly Trump is afraid that this book is going to tarnish his reputation. But Mr. President, don't worry about that at all because whatever is in this book, I promise you, will in no way change our opinion of you.
you may remember, the reason that I'm shooting the show in my apartment is not because I forgot to pay the utility bill at the studio, but because coronavirus shut down the planet. And although the coronavirus devastated the globe, some countries managed to beat it, which gave the rest of us hope, right? Countries like New Zealand, the Canada of Australia, they've been celebrating because they had completely gotten rid of coronavirus. But then this week, they discovered that even they can't go back to normal just yet. After more than three weeks of no new cases of COVID-19 in New Zealand, with authorities believing the country had managed to eliminate the virus, the Ministry of Health today announced two new cases. They are both women who had travelled from the UK via Australia. It's a major blow for the country that has aggressively tackled the virus. Only last week, New Zealand lifted almost all domestic coronavirus restrictions. Oh, no. New Zealand, you made the classic zombie movie mistake. When you're in the house and everything is fine and someone knocks on the door, you do not let that person in. Because when you open that door, it's gonna be a zombie or a Jehovah's Witness. Either way, don't open the door. That said, it is crazy that two cases is described as a major blow to the country. I mean, that's how differently New Zealand is taking this to other places. Because I mean, if that's a major blow, America is taking in Corona like the guy in an old wind tunnel experiment. And I mean, this just goes to show how hard it's gonna be to defeat coronavirus without a vaccine, right? Because all it takes is one little slip up for all your work to collapse. It's kind of like the game Jenga in the sense that it's not fun at all and I wish it was over. Are you looking to spend 10 minutes nervous but also bored? Try Jenga. Now, while New Zealand is racing to contain these two cases, in the country where this all started, they're looking at an outbreak that could be a lot worse. China is racing to contain a new outbreak of COVID-19. After reporting no new infections in Beijing for more than 50 days, the virus has returned. Parts of Beijing under lockdown again. Officials there calling it wartime mode. Schools closed, transport in and out of the city shut down. There are now more than 100 coronavirus cases linked to Beijing's Xinfadi wholesale market. Health officials scrambling to quickly contact trace, testing an estimated 200,000 people, from market workers to recent visitors. Near the area, images seen of hundreds of military police deployed to freeze the flow of people. Okay, wait a minute. China is shutting down Beijing because of 100 cases? Either China takes this way more seriously than everyone else, or there's something they're not telling us again. Now look, China, I know it's embarrassing to have more corona, especially when everyone in the world is blaming you for this thing. But you need to be honest with us about what's happening because you saw what secrets did the last time. One minute, it was a few cases in Wuhan. The next thing you know, we were all making face masks out of our roommate's underwear. Now, there is some good news in the battle against COVID-19. Researchers at Oxford say that a common steroid that's been around for 60 years can dramatically reduce the risk of death in severely ill coronavirus patients. Basically, scientists have now just started doing the same thing that you do at home. You know, when you get sick and you just go through your medicine cabinet trying random stuff to see if it'll work. Oh, does Pepto-Bismol cure herpes? Well, it's worth a shot. And in another big research development, experts are now confident that the virus mostly isn't spread by touching surfaces or brief outdoor contact. Instead, they're saying that there's now a consensus that most spreading comes from close up 
person-to-person -person interactions for extended periods and crowded events where people are talking loudly. So basically, this is good news for us. We're understanding Corona, you know? Like now we know the total nightmare scenario for catching coronavirus would be like, like, I don't know, like a, like a big crowded indoor event, you know, where thousands of people are packed together screaming and chanting about locking someone up. But luckily, no one would do such a thing. Speaking of no one, President Trump and his administration have come under fire for not encouraging Americans to take this pandemic seriously, which is unfortunate because the pandemic is still taking America very seriously. This morning, record-breaking one-day increases. Arizona, Florida, and Texas all reporting their largest one-day increases in new COVID cases. They are among 20 states that have seen the number of newly reported cases grow over the last two weeks. Both President Trump and Vice President Pence, however, are yet again downplaying the seriousness of the outbreak, blaming testing for the climbing numbers. I can tell you on uh, COVID or coronavirus or whatever you want to call it, plenty of names, uh, a tremendous progress is being made. A lot of cases that other countries who don't even test don't have. If you don't test, you don't have any cases. If we stop testing right now, we'd have very few cases, if any. Okay, okay. Technically, Trump is right. If you don't test anybody, then you don't have any cases. The same way if black people stopped recording the cops, we would have zero cases of police brutality. Ah, ignorance is bliss. You know what the problem is here? The problem is that Trump thinks of coronavirus as a PR issue and not as a pandemic. He's less concerned with fixing coronavirus and more concerned with fixing how coronavirus makes him look, which probably explains those pictures he brought to yesterday's press conference. I mean, yeah, it looks better, but it doesn't help. Now, look, if all of this seems a little like deja vu to you, you're not losing your mind. China is saying that the virus is completely under control, but at the same time, they're shutting down one of their largest cities. And the US is seeing a surge in many states, yet Trump is claiming that everything is fine. So the bad news is the world might be going down a path that we've already been down. It's happening all over again. The good news is that means that I know the winning lottery numbers. Hmm. I'm gonna go play that shit now. You may remember that President Trump had to move his big rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because it was originally scheduled on the same day as Juneteenth. Now, that was particularly awkward because Tulsa is the site of an infamous 1921 massacre of black people. But in a new interview with the Wall Street Journal, Trump says that he had no idea Juneteenth was even a thing and that he polled many people around him and none of them had heard of Juneteenth either. Now, I don't know why that's surprising. Of course, nobody around Trump had heard of Juneteenth. Look at the people he has around him. Look at them. Mike Pence doesn't even know what a cayenne pepper is. You think he's gonna know about black history? But to be fair, Trump is hardly alone. There are many Americans who don't know what Juneteenth is. And if you're one of those people, Dulce Sloan is here to explain it in her new segment, Dulcein. the day we celebrate slavery officially ending in America. Or if you're gone with the wind fan, a day of mourning. Now you might be thinking the end of slavery. So this is about the Emancipation Proclamation. Nope. The Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 
didn't end slavery. Slavery didn't even end when the Civil War was over in 1865. In reality, it took two months after the Civil War ended for the Union Army to get into all the slave states and free the slaves. When it came to giving out freedom, white people ran on CP time. But on June 19, 1865, a Union general named Gordon Granger occupied Texas, the last slave state, and declared all of its slaves free. He's an American hero. And he looks like the barista at my coffee shop. I'm gonna have to thank him next time I order a macchiato. And freeing the slaves in Texas was especially important because although Texas was the last state to be emancipated, it had a ton of slaves. It was blacker than a family reunion in Wakanda. That's because during the war, a lot of slave owners shipped their slaves to Texas for safekeeping, knowing the Union troops couldn't reach that far. They were basically treating Texas like the couch cushions you hide your weed in when the cops come. Officer, I didn't know. I got this couch on Craigslist. It came with the weed. Of course, even though we celebrate Juneteenth as the end of slavery, it took many more months and a military occupation to actually enforce it. Because it's one thing to tell people they can't have slaves, it's another thing to go door to door like, hey, you paying these guys? Cause if not, this better be a big ass sleepover. And all this still didn't free slaves in union territories. That didn't happen until the 13th amendment. Yeah, that's right. There were union states with slaves. Imagine living in New Jersey and being a slave. That's one human rights violation on top of another. Either way, black people in Texas recognized June 19th as the day they were liberated. They organized the first celebration of Juneteenth. Then over time, it spread as black people migrated. And today, it's celebrated by black folks around the country. Juneteenth celebrations have evolved and become a real way to pay homage to those who came before us. It is a representation of our freedom where we can all come together on one street, close down the city to represent the culture. You see, that's why Juneteenth is my favorite Independence Day. It goes Juneteenth, Independence Day with Will Smith, then the 4th of July. I'm not a fan of fireworks. Sounds like someone's doing a drive-by on the sky. So if you ask me, we should make Juneteenth a national holiday because everybody, everybody, should celebrate the end of slavery, the beginning of freedom for black people, and the long march toward America's founding ideals. Also, we get the day off. I don't wanna be stuck in an office in June Kevin keeps heating up fish in the microwave because he's a pescatarian and then he keeps cooking all these eggs. Before we go, The Daily Show and Comedy Central have been donating to three groups who are fighting against police brutality and systemic racism. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Equal Justice Initiative, and the Bail Project. Now, if you would like to help out and you have the means, then please go to the following link and donate whatever you can. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 